Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Brain Injury Today podcast. I am Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. We're excited to have you join us. We're looking forward to another great episode, and we feel so very fortunate to be able to welcome today Dr. Jeannie Hoffman. Jeannie is a clinical psychologist, board certified in rehab psychology, a professor at the University of Washington School of Medicine, Department of Rehabilitation Medicine. She's also an attending psychologist at the University of Washington Medical Center, where she works both with inpatient hospitalized individuals to cope with new disability and managing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Much of her time is spent, though, in research and important research, improving outcomes for individuals with traumatic brain injury and also spinal cord injury. She is currently receives funding from another of the National Institute organizations and, as important as anything on her resume, also a board member of the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. Thank you for joining us today, Jeannie. It's a pleasure to be able to connect and chat with you about your very important work and your contributions to our listeners' lives, to those who um, have brain injury, to those who are caregivers and family members of individuals with brain injuries, and how the work you're doing on a daily basis improves the quality of life long-term. Thanks, Deborah. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today and to talk about the research that we're working on and um, kind of why research is important. Well, we, we want to do that. I think that is always a question whenever we're at a conference, and I've seen you speak many times, and I've seen the room full and folks wanting to understand and know. Of course, it's critical for them as you are developing new standards of care how that transfers to that improvement in their daily life. But I'm going to kind of roll it back. I've known Jeannie for 10 years now, and I've never asked her one or two of these questions, and I really want to know. Jeannie, this is a unique field that you've chosen to be in. How did your career guide you into the field of supporting individuals with traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury? So um, interesting question and not a probably typical pathway. Um, Even when I was in undergrad, it took forever to even pick a major. When I was finally kind of pushed to pick a major, I uh, met with one of our dean of students at University of Puget Sound who said, basically, what do you want to do and what do you not want to do? And I really liked math and I really liked working with people, um, but I never wanted to do the same thing every day. And so he really encouraged me to go into psychology because I could do all of those things under that field. Um, And then went and worked for a couple years and worked in a psychologist's office. And they really actually encouraged me towards health psychology, really thinking about the intersection between health and psychology. And that really led me to a program, a graduate program, where I got a lot of experience working with health and the impact of health on people's psychological outcomes and also the impact of psychological outcomes 
outcomes on health when part of that program is to do an internship. So we did a one-year internship at the end of that PhD program, and I actually chose to come here to the University of Washington. So I've been here a long time now. I chose this specifically because I really wanted to have direct impact on patients um, and not just think about variables and how variables interacted with people, but really what we could do to actually improve lives for people. And so working in the rehabilitation medicine department, and that's where I you know, started with my training, is that I really became interested in these um, populations where new trauma just really abruptly changes people's lives. Um, these are not progressive diseases like lots of other um, conditions that happen. Um, these are things that happen to people who are otherwise healthy and then mm -hmm. they suffer some sort of trauma and now things have completely changed. And so in doing that, I mean, this is really this process of being able to kind of both do clinical work. As you said, I still spend time um, working with individual patients, but I also get to do uh, research. And so that's kind of how I landed here. Well, I think everything you just said resonates so clearly with uh, folks listening today. The piece that we often speak of in working with individuals with brain injuries, and that's the focus of our conversation today. Life was going on and life was happening, and there were all of our ups and downs that we normally are um, faced with, but yet something catastrophic occurs that causes a significant or moderate brain injury and, and life changes in an instant. So thank you for dedicating your career to this, Jeannie. Again, having seen you present, I think what you do so well in a goal that you just mentioned of yours very early on in your career is that you can transcend and your communication with those who we serve and understanding how the research applies is done so well. You are approachable, you communicate that, and that's rare in folks who often have PhD behind their name, yet you do it well, and it makes a difference in really how folks are able to understand the importance of your work and how you are able to let them know and, let, and communicate to them how this is going to support them ongoing. So speaking to that, I think it is nice for folks to hear from you from some of your past research that you have worked, were working on, and now how has it transferred to be that standard of care today? So um, any of your past research projects, I know of many, but uh, if you want to pick one that you know is now today impacting and improving quality of life for individuals, I think that's a nice segue uh, for folks to share. Sure. Um, I think, you know, the thing to keep in mind about research is that it can take years and years and years and more and more research to actually make it into kind of day-to-day uh, -day practice. And one of the um, and, and how I got involved in traumatic brain injury research was really uh, my connection with Soraya Dickman and Kathy Bell, um, Nancy Temkin, uh, who were involved with the Traumatic Brain Injury Model System, which is uh, funded by the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research. And that is a longitudinal study. We've had that grant now. Um, we're in our fifth cycle. As Dr. Bell left uh, the University of Washington, I took over as project director and have continued in this new cycle as project director. And that research project is really uh, incredible because we enroll people early after injury uh, while they're still in inpatient rehabilitation. And then we're following people in our area in Washington through the UW 
uh, system, uh, we're following people at 20 years post-injury now. So we've been enrolling and following people for that long and still enrolling people. Other sites have been out to 30 years already uh, post-injury. And so through that, there's been a lot of advances in the field um, specifically, but that also has given us a really nice connections with other colleagues and has allowed us to do some site research, multi-site research. And so kind of one of the areas that I think we've had a lot of impact of in specific stuff that I've led is really looking at headaches after traumatic brain injury. Um, so when we first started pursuing this idea of looking at headache after TBI, which is such a common symptom, it's probably one of the most common symptoms that is shared across people with traumatic brain injury, we initially wanted to do an intervention study and really think about how could we improve people's lives. And what we found is that there really wasn't any research that had been done to describe what that actually meant. Because you can't just say, oh, you have a headache. You really need to understand what are the symptoms of that headache? How does it feel? What's pain levels? Kind of what are the other things that, you know, are people nauseous? Are they having light sensitivity? All those things that help us really figure out a targeted treatment. And so we had to actually take the step back and really learn about that. And so we did some early work just looking at the natural history of headache after traumatic brain injury. And we found that it's actually quite common, not only early after injury, but up to five years post-injury. And so that research was done as a sub-project, as a module, we call module, but a multi-site project with the TBI model system. Since then, we've gone on to try and actually do a couple other intervention studies um, that were led by my colleagues, Sylvia Lucas and Kathy Bell, looking at kind of medication interventions, one to prevent the headache development in people with mild traumatic brain injury. Um, and we ended up having a lot of struggles with our medication. And we also actually did another study trying to treat headache with sumatriptan, which is a one of the migraine medications. Those were really tough to recruit for. One of them was tough because when people have an early mild traumatic brain injury, they're just assuming they're going to get better. And people were not very interested in trying a medication that could prevent something that they're not really worried about. The other one, the sumatriptan, because of we had done this natural history study and showed that there was a lot of people who had headaches that looked a lot like the migraine type of headache, a lot of people in the community already were trying these medications. So it was hard to find people who were naive or hadn't ever used that medication before. We learned a ton from them, but they were really uh, tough to do and we didn't end up with any kind of final resolution. We, I think, you know, we're looking now at ways to treat pain um, and pain more broadly. And so we also did a study uh, through the VA, through the Puget Sound um, VA healthcare system. And uh, we found that we actually were able to make improvement both with some really good pain education, as well as doing cognitive behavioral treatment of pain. Um, and so we've done this in a variety of different ways. We're also now doing uh, a study um, of any kind of pain as well, using collaborative care, which is an idea of really using an expert group and using a clinical social worker who actually provides the direct treatment to patients, but working within the system to help manage their medications, to actually give them skills. Um, and so we're actually in process of that. So that's been kind of an arc of even just one area where we've kind of been learning a lot and doing a lot of different kinds of research to target a single problem after traumatic brain injury. It's such a huge issue for so many individuals who are listening and dealing with headaches on a daily basis. And the arc that you just spoke of, you first wanted to understand 
headaches and understand what causes, what their life is, what, you know, what are those triggers? What does that look like? Because it is so prevalent to then as you were looking at specific medications. And then now that you're looking at, you know, more of the holistic approach, may I say, is that allowed in medicine now and research, but just really looking at all of those pieces that are important for allowing folks to deal because headaches bring on, it is pain management. Mm -hmm. Um, It impedes them from being able to uh, participate in daily life. I hear from individuals that are listening today is in particular with headaches is that idea of when will it get better? When will it end? That whole piece of, you know, so much of a brain injury is the unknown. Do you want to know what can I do to help to improve and help to participate? I mean, I think that's a huge goal is I want to participate. What keeps me from participating? And headaches is often a trigger that, you know, folks, you know, if it leads to fatigue and depression and others. So we're also actually doing another um, large scale study uh, that's a, it's called the collaborative study. And so um, Nidler that funds our TBI model system also funds these kind of larger multi-center grants. And so myself and a colleague at uh, Craig Hospital and a colleague at the Tampa VA um, are all working together as investigators. And there's 13 centers across the TBI model systems that are involved in this collecting data on pain more broadly. You know, I think one of the things is people know that pain is an issue. Pain impacts thinking. It impacts your functioning. It impacts fatigue. um, And it impacts kind of how people do, how they do emotionally as well as physically. Um, And so we're trying to get a little bit more detail on that. So we're collecting some of that headache data that we have collected before. We're collecting up to 3,800 people um, from our TBM model systems, we're going to get some data on them. And so things like, you know, as I mentioned, headache and migraine, I think one of the things that, you know, headache is this broad category and there's different types. And so we're really trying to understand our people. We found in our initial studies that people had more like migraine symptoms, which are different than tension headache symptoms, which are different than um, cervicogenic or neck kind of headache pain symptoms. Um, and so those kind of pieces are things that we can narrow down. We're also seeing just in our early preliminary data that's actually available on a public dashboard that uh, we're seeing a lot of people with traumatic brain injury who have back pain, right? Um, So it's also a common thing. And so, and people are having more than one type of pain. So they have headache and back and other pain. Um, And so our, our goal with that is really to start looking at what is the pain problem, but also what are people doing for treatment of pain? Um, Are they using medications? Are they using some of these other kind of cognitive behavioral techniques or psychological interventions? Are they using acupuncture? Are they using herbal medications? Are they using exercise? So we're trying to dig down into that. And we've also been um, asked to really look at opioid use because that's a big problem in our country today. So really trying to understand, is this a problem. Opioid use is not really common currently. Lots of people had been given opioids at some point after their injury. Um, And again, not surprising given people have injuries from car accidents or falls or, you know, bicycling accidents where they actually have lots of fractures and, you know, the broken bones and 
internal injuries, this will allow us to look a little bit more about is this a big problem in this group of people. And again, the TBI model system includes people that have more moderate to severe injuries. So some complicated mild, meaning that they had a mild brain injury, but they at least had some kind of finding on a CT scan of their brain um, to more moderate to severe injuries. When you use the word serviogenic, I'm glad you explained that that's of your neck. See, that is where I needed a little explanation. I don't know all these medical terms, but when you explained it, I got it, which is true. And then as you're discussing all of the work of the TBI model systems, I am lucky enough to sit on the advisory board for the Mm -hmm. TBI model systems. The TBI model systems has provided so much information, and uh, we will have this on our show notes, the website for the TBI model systems, because there's handouts, there's um, the short stories that you've done, there's so much quality materials of available for free. And we at the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington have them all on our board and we hand them out and we send them out and we email them out all the time because I I want folks to be able to access all of that quality material. I know there was also a recent study that you were looking at, I believe that was looking at folks utilizing activity as a part of their treatment or as part of your studies. And I just applaud those efforts. And, and, you know, there's been a transfer, I think, in the research field to start looking at these broader, you know, when you said acupuncture, learning from folks, what are they using? And it's not just the traditional medical, clinical, pharmaceutical. What is on the horizon for the research and other studies that you are either looking forward to that you've applied for that you're hoping to get funding for or that you see the most opportunity yeah there are I I would say there are so many things and so many areas that are in need of more investigation and in need of more understanding and um, I'll be honest right now I'm a little grant heavy thankfully I knock on wood um, I'm in that really lovely position of having enough funding right now where I really can't write yet another grant although Lots of people around me are working on things and I've been encouraging that. Um, I think some of the things that are really exciting and I think we have learned a bit about and now need to understand more is Mm -hmm. uh, we recently uh, completed a study uh, that was led by my colleague Risa Nakase Richardson, who's um, in the Tampa VA, looking at sleep and uh, actually sleep apnea early after traumatic brain injury. And we found about 66% of people who were early during inpatient rehab were found to have evidence of sleep apnea. And in that, I think we, it's a really interesting thought because is it just a temporary state um, or is this something that is going to keep going on and we need to do a lot of treatment around it? It's very difficult sometimes to treat people with the traditional, like the BiPAP, the mask and the pressure because people can't tolerate it. And especially early after injury, when people have more difficult managing agitation and irritation, it can be really hard to keep those masks on. But we don't even know right now if people would really benefit from that or if just recovery from brain injury will take care of that. So there's a lot of work and effort going on to really think about what is the next study that needs to be done to really look at that. 
we don't want to jump in too quickly on some of those things and just start treating everybody if people can't benefit from it. Right. And we want to really understand like what is the trajectory of this and then what happens, can you get people to, to tolerate it somehow or you know do some of those things. So I think that's one really interesting area. I think there's also a lot of interest and in one of the things that we're working on now is really thinking about how do we make sure that people get the care that they need um, after their injury. And I think this is where we do a lot of intersection with you all with the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington is, you know, we have always referred to you guys for resource management for people and to help people connect to the traumatic brain injury community across the state of Washington. But is there more that we could be doing? Because we know that no matter how many times we tell people about these resources, they're often overwhelmed by them. And so they don't even know what to ask for, much less another person or another thing that they can have. So some people need something like connecting to a doctor who knows about brain injury. Some people need a connection to social security and how do they actually apply for disability. Some people need a connection to a speech therapist right. down in, you know, Olympia yeah. or out in Forks or wherever. And I think there's all those kind of pieces that we really want to help people with that transition. And so our bright study, our brain injury rehabilitation, improving the transition experience has been such a great partnership um, with all of the state's um, brain injury, either alliances or, or associations, um, to really think about how do we really connect people with the right resources at the right time in that first six months post-injury, and will that actually have an impact? Um, that's been a really fun um, area, and I think it's actually going to lead us to even more research um, on Honestly, Deborah, I think this is, well, we'll have a really great piece mm -hmm. of information about people who benefit and what they benefit from. Right. I actually think we might want to even go further beyond this and really maybe even hone some of the things that we're doing, um, and that will lead us to even more research down the road. Um, and potentially even think about how do we set up clinics um, and uh, provider groups that we can make sure that they have the education and the things that they need in order to best help people kind of across the area, like having a patient be able to take their instruction booklet to the providers that they need to have so they can connect. Because we certainly can't expect everyone to understand how to treat somebody after traumatic brain injury, especially because somebody that has a mild injury is very different than somebody who has a very severe injury. And then everything in between, right? No two people are exactly alike. I'm going to, you know, give an example that is kind of a conglomeration of a few different people so that um, you can understand kind of what we're doing. Um, for example, I'll call the person John. Um, so when John originally discharged, um, one of our T TCM, so a TBI care manager, um, was contacting them, he and his wife, uh, after injury, and was really trying to understand what his concerns and issues were. And he lived just far enough away so that he wasn't able to come back to Harborview Medical yeah. Center, even though yeah. that's where he had gotten yeah. um, his initial um, hospitalization and inpatient rehab experience. And so we actually worked with BIAWA to find a provider in his area. So the Bright Study in general we work on, and I 
always have something to say at our quarterly meetings, huh? But you you tell me I'm doing a good job by participating that way, so I just keep doing it. And it's it's just a critical key for us, you know, as a small organization and the issue of brain injury, these longitudinal studies, hey, you know, we'd never have the money to do that, right? So, you know, it's really hard to get one. So I look at the UW model systems and the Bright study that's being done in different places, and we all get to talk about it. It's like last week when we had the executive director of Iowa and New York on. And New York participates in the Bright study. Building that type of crossover for all of us from the, you know, the research high in your tower level to those of us down on the ground crossing over is really one of the things I, I'm so hopeful about. Because we do need to understand us at BIAWA and anyone doing work in the field, you know, is it making an improvement? Is this how we should be spending our time, effort, and dollars? And we learn that from studies. Yeah, and I think that's really key, right, is that we don't want to be in an ivory tower because that's not really helpful to people in their day-to-day lives. Um, but also, you know, a lot of folks are not familiar with how to do research. And so we got to partner together. We say, no, we don't want to do research at BIAWA. It's, I've been there, done a little of that, and it is not my forte, but we need those. I think that's today's uh, podcast from research to reality. And we work with so many individuals and, and had ones who are clients um, who are working with the Bright Study and then transfer to us for long term. I think one of the things that you just brought up is, and I think the UW is really good about this, is they know folks aren't always going to come back to the UW. Folks out there listening, you know, when you're dealing with a brain injury, you'll receive your treatment perhaps at one place. But then ongoing, you're back home and it's 50 miles away and it's hard for you guys to make that trip back. So the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington, and we always have our website and our resource line number, 877-824-1766. We really investigate and find who else in your area is going to be able to support you. You know, there may be pieces that you have to get back to your original providers. But I think when you were talking earlier, Jeannie, I mean, I think a goal of your program of the model systems is educating doctors. You know, it's providing treatments for those who need the treatment. But if we can educate the doctors and you're providing these standards of care, it just improves life's outcomes, which we're all, that's a bottom line of what we're all working towards. Yeah, and I think as much as we would love to say that every doctor could do it well, I don't think it's reasonable. Um, And so I think we have to figure out creative ways to get the information to doctors as well as to patients when they need it. Um, And so that people and, you know, with brain injury, their families, their friends can, can take advantage of that. One thing I want to go back to on the model systems is that you guys, because we work on this too with you at the Brain Injury Alliance, uh, is recruiting. I don't, I can't remember if you're recruiting right now, but folks get connected with the model systems website mm-hmm. and you guys list on there what you're recruiting for. I mean, I think folks listening, some want to be involved. And I was excited when I heard that at least for one of the studies, folks didn't have to live right in the metro Seattle area and be able to come to Harborview because you were doing some of your studies either via phone or other ways, but how yeah, do they so- participate? 
Right now, um, we don't have any new enrollment for people that's outside of our system. So um, we are, for several studies, we're enrolling, as I said, from the hospital, so from inpatient rehabilitation, mm -hmm. or enrolling people who are already TBI model system participants. The, the one study that we're enrolling new patients into um, is folks who come to our clinics either at uh, Harborview um, in the rehab clinic or at the UW. A medical center rehab clinic who have any kind of traumatic brain injury but who also have pain. So that study that I mentioned, the collaborative care, so working with the social worker work, who works with the expert team, who works with the doctor, that's still recruiting new new individuals, but it is within. Um, if people are interested, definitely check out our website on a regular basis. We do occasionally have new studies coming up. Um, and we also will be sending out, if you want to become a member of our listserv, when we have our partners who are interested in recruiting people, we also put that out for other people. Yeah. The other place that I would recommend if people are interested, there's lots of brain injury research going on broadly in the University of Washington. And so, so one of the things that people can do is actually go on to clinicaltrials.gov just the words all together, clinicaltrials.gov, um, G-O-V at the end. If you go to just typing in traumatic brain injury and even just putting in University of Washington as a keyword, you can see any of the studies that are actively recruiting right now. Um, so there's certainly many, many studies that people might be able to be involved with, even if you're not involved already with our programs in one form or another. Yeah, I think folks, you know, we just want to make through the podcast available information on all of these different opportunities, you know, just whether it's learning more from the TBI model systems website and being able to get some of that, contacting us at the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. Everyone who's listening, it's a different day. You know, today is a different day. They are a unique individual. Their brain injury and those who they care for, caregivers listening, family members listening, it is what you said early on, and we see that, and we all, I think it's the mantra of those of us in the field are it's every brain injury is unique. The goal of today's podcast, as the goal of all of ours, is just to add some information, you know, add an option, add... Um, you know, some knowledge. And you've been key in adding the knowledge today. I think what you bring to the table, Jeannie, is amazing. I, I, I want to ask of you, on a day-to-day -day basis, the research drives you, the individuals drive you, kind of what's, what you've been doing this, I think, for about 30, almost 30 years, you're getting there? Uh, don't give me that old. Oh, okay. 20. Go for 20, girlfriend. Yeah, a little over 20. Okay. So how do you keep, how do you, you know, you have a great team, everyone you're working with. How do you, how do you continually a, are able to do this big picture and still have in mind perhaps that individual at the end who's going to benefit? Well, that's, I think, exactly it. It's like, I think that really um, having people be dedicated to learning about brain injury, patients um, and families with brain injury, being eager to be involved in research, to participate so that we can learn from them and that they can learn from us, um, I think is really where it all comes from. I think people are incredibly resilient, and that's something I've seen throughout my entire career. And I think that's, that's what drives you and keeps you going, is yeah. if there's ways to make it easier, that's exactly what we want yeah. to do. There's so many great people who've been affected by this and it is tough. It is 
I, you know, you know my story because I've worked in everything before I came to the Brain Injury Alliance, but it is, you know, some of the most difficult days I have spent here and some of the most glorious in working with the individuals and the families who we support. So as we come to the end of today's podcast, you know, Jeannie, I am so thankful for all the work you do. I think you're amazing in so many ways. The folks listening, you brought up something at the very end, and I didn't mention it before, but who knows, maybe we're inspiring a listener to decide to also come into the work of supporting individuals with brain injuries. That was something we haven't talked about before, but I hope that from listening today, we've ignited a new Jeannie Hoffman out there in the field. Radio, who's willing to, to take on the mantle and to be part of this community because you will never have a more fulfilling career. It's a hard, hard career, but it is super fulfilling. And the individuals we work with are the best professionally and those we support, families and individuals who've suffered a traumatic brain injury. Any last words of wisdom for us, Jeannie? No, just thank you. Thanks for having me on. And um, people should come check out our website and learn yeah. more about what we're up to. Yeah, you have an amazing website. Folks are going to go, <laughs> that's me with the exploding sound for those of you listening. If you could please share um, all of your websites and social media so everyone listening can jump on after this podcast or while we're podcasting and connect with you guys. So please check out our website, tbi.washington.edu, and we're also on Facebook, UW-TBIMS, so UW-TBI Model System, and we're also on Twitter, at UW-TBIMS. So, you know, Deborah made a call out to our uh, info comics, our short stories and comics that have been created by my colleague Silas James, and those are a link on our website, so we actually just have a tab for that. Check out tbi.washington.edu. Yeah, they're a great option. I mean, just unique ways of communicating and different ways of folks being able to learn more. And uh, you guys did an amazing job with those as, as one of the pieces. So everything you do is good work. Thank you. Thank you to Goal 17 Foundation for providing all of the magic to make this happen. Um, I am not a researcher and I am not a producer. So I get a headset on and I chit chat. and That's something I can do. So for Brain Injury Today, this is Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope your day goes well and that all is good. Take care.